0: Welcome to the podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the sex rap.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the sex rap. You're here today with Andrew and with spring, your favorite internet sex personalities answering your questions about sex about romance about relationships about love about disease about health we, we answer any question that you submit we love to hear from you send us your questions we're the sex at gmail.com and definitely check out our uh social media we're really active um and we say sex rap. it's rap with a w like wrap it up um how are you doing today spring
0: <laughs> you know when andrew starts the podcasting he has a podcasting face he does, not just a podcasting voice, but it's like a very um, like announcer-looking face, and he gets very serious in his face, and I really like to watch it. I'm so glad that we're on video so I can see you do your podcasting face as you podcast
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's a performance it's my performance face like i gotta be like i'm in it and i'm concentrating and i'm excited and i have energy to put forward into the world making sure that everyone else has better sex like it should be exciting and it it is serious too right it's serious but fun serious not sad
0: serious i don't know
1: (laughs) uh so what are you up to spring any special plans
0: um, tonight, actually, I'm performing at a venue in downtown New York City. The day on the day we're recording this, so when this comes out, it will have been a couple of days ago. Um, and I'm performing a piece that is all about sex education and teaching sex ed. It's a funny stories from the classroom is what the event is, and I'll be talking about when I first started teaching sex ed, which was like. 15 years ago-ish, and you were there by my side, and I... I can't wait to share some of these hilarious things uh, on stage tonight. And you know, I'm going to talk about anal sex a lot on stage, which I I don't think they'll be expecting, but I'm very excited to do.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is kind of wild. Over the last six years, a solid percent of our total questions have been about butt stuff and butt sex (laughs) and anal stuff and more butt stuff and cleaning your butt and how to do it and too big, too small, it hurts, (laughs) does it not hurt, I like it too much, my prostate, I want some more. There's a lot of butt That's questions.
0: the theme of, the, of my piece. <laughs> the butt.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I'm excited. I wish I lived in New York City so I could see it. Is it going to be recorded at all?
0: I hope not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, sometimes I think about our lives. I'm kind of glad that I went to college when, you know, like people had cell phones, but the cameras weren't very good. And if you took video, it was probably sideways and there was nowhere to post it. <laughs> Uh, And if it was Facebook, it's like some real grainy pictures from the beginning because, you know, I was there when Facebook just started. Um, I'm glad because I did a lot of wild, crazy, ridiculous things. And the only record are lovely people like you, your memory, what (laughs) remains Um, of those days and nights (laughs) and those events. um, I'm kind of happy. I, I feel kind of bad for people whose entire sexual life and history and makeups and breakups and parties and bars is like it's there and it's present and it's forever on the internet. It's a little scary.
0: Yeah. And also that means that how we think about social media will change over time because we can't expect that people will have never shared anything about themselves that is risky in any way, right? And so hopefully our attitudes about social media and what should and shouldn't be there continue to change as well.
1: I mean, it needs to, right? Because even though those pictures don't exist of me and you perhaps uh, doing some of the fun (laughs) stuff, um, we did it anyway. And like, I'm realistic about it. I want people who I interact with to have like real histories and I want to have real conversations. And I'm not going to judge you because you had one drink too many and you're bleary eyed or you threw up or... Those are very much a part of the unfortunate growth in human process in the United States today. Um, <laughs> anyway, this doesn't have anything really to do with the, the, the question. And the question today, um, it's going to be a pretty quick episode. Uh, I, at least I always say that. It, it never is. Um, but um, <laughs> we, the question we, that we, we have for today about. is, <laughs> what is monkeypox and how can I make sure I don't get it? Mm. Yeah. So
0: yeah.
1: monkeypox. We love
0: We love talking about, um, you know, all different types of infections. And I want to start off just talking about, um, is monkeypox a sexually transmitted infection? Because I think that has been a question that some people have not been able to understand yet, right? So, Do
1: you you remember not so long ago, we did an episode about how to have sex and not get COVID? Like that wasn't Mm -hmm. the whole episode, but we were talking about it. Um, Is COVID a sexually transmissible infection? Um, and it is the same way that monkeypox is, right? If there are two bodies that are close together, and one of them has COVID, the other one can be exposed to COVID. Similarly, if there are two bodies that have monkeypox that are close together, or one of them has monkeypox, then and, and then if two bodies come together, it can be transmitted that way.
0: So, that means we say that it is sexually transmissible. Yes, you can get it through sexual activity, and it's not considered a sexually transmitted infection because there are other ways to get it. So, to be considered a sexually transmitted infection, that's the primary, like, only way of getting the infection. And so, with monkeypox, you can be in close contact with people, you could use you could use things that that person used and you could get it so that means it's not only sexually transmissible but that is definitely a way that you can get it
1: yeah those things are called fomites fomite um but you can get it from like door handles from towels from public transportation from like water like air droplets so like if someone sneezes or coughs it can be spread so it actually has a lot of different modes where it can be transmitted. Um, but it is true that this current outbreak is being primarily spread through different kinds of sexual contact. Um, and by sexual contact, it's just um, monkeypox. Uh, we should actually talk a little bit about what it looks like. But if there's two bodies rubbing against each other, any part of the body, it makes it much more likely that monkeypox is going to spread. Um, and monkeypox is a virus. It's a lot like chickenpox or uh, small pox, like it's like all of the other poxes that are out there, where <laughs> once you're infected, um, typically at the beginning you feel really crappy, like you have the flu. You might have a fever and chills and some sweats and some really bad fatigue, be tired all the time, um, and then you start to develop some blisters, um, usually close to the site where you first con or the site where you first you know sort of came into contact with it um so if you're, it was sex it might be on your bum or on your genitals um and those blisters eventually crust, like they, they burst they get crusty they're really super painful um, they can spread to other parts of your body so you can get those blisters anywhere on your body like on your face or your hands or your arms those are the most common places um, and then they crust over and they heal um and The vast, vast, vast majority of cases, like in the United States, how many have you had? 20,000, 22,000 cases, something like like that?
0: 25,000, yeah. And there's been one death, yeah. Yeah, So, So not very deadly.
1: Not very deadly. It's like there are some risks, right? It's not risk free. um, But overwhelmingly, um, I think the biggest issue that we see with monkeypox is the stigma surrounding it, making it hard for people to get treatment, making it hard for people to be honest and chat about what's going on. Um, But it's a virus. It's spread through aerosol droplets from coughing, from sneezing. It's spread through Items, objects, like Spring said, towels and clothes and sheets and chairs and whatever, like any any object that someone who had it, if they sat on it, it's possible that the virus can spread um, and then it spread through direct skin to skin contact, not just sexual. Handshakes, hugs, dancing, rubbing up against another person—all of those are different ways that it can be spread. Um, and it does cause lesions, right? It causes those blisters and sores that scab over, that are really painful. Um, it can cause permanent scarring as well. Um, so, a lot of our listeners probably never had chickenpox, uh, but. It's sort of like chicken pox where most of the time there's no scar, but occasionally there might be like a little dimple or a little white mark or a little part of your body that will never tan again. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I only had like three chicken pox. So I have no chicken pox scar stories to tell. But a lot of people who've had chicken pox do.
0: I just looked down at my arm and I to see if I could still see the scar from my chickenpox scar on my arm. And I can, but it's definitely faded over the years. It used to be a lot brighter white spot and now, now it's kind of blended in with the rest of my arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the main thing that we want to start to talk about is really how are we reducing the stigma? Because what we know from other viruses, from other um, sexually transmitted infections, is that the more stigma there is surrounding that infection, then the less likely people are to get treated, the less likely people are to tell other people that they've been infected, and then that can spread it more. And so the reason that we want to reduce the stigma is so that we actually reduce the spread. It actually... Goes hand in hand. And so that's one of the things we really want to talk about today is, you know, what can we do to reduce the stigma? Because that in turn will help reduce the spread. Yeah.
1: And we're going to talk about that right when we get back from break. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to keep talking about monkeypox. Welcome back to the show. Today we are covering monkeypox. We're talking about what is it, how it spread, and we just started talking about stigma and the problems with stigma. And this is one of those times where I get really angry at the media and the way that they've presented it. Um, the media makes money off of you being afraid. The media makes money off of you being angry. The media makes money off of you blaming somebody for something. So this insta- entire story of monkeypox, instead of it being this nice, hey. There's a new infection that's out there. And here's some things that you can do to protect yourself. And hey, there are some people who are at high risk. And those high risk people need to be, you know, extra vigilant. It became this big like monkeypox, So scary. So dangerous. And then they show the big gory pictures of it. And it increases stigma. Um, it's like we've learned nothing from any other epidemic, whether it be HIV in the <laughs> 1980s or COVID just last over the last few years. On how to actually address these issues, because COVID was stigmatized and we're still dealing with it. HIV was stigmatized; we're still dealing, still dealing with it. Um- And I unfortunately think that monkeypox has really been stigmatized. And instead of it being, you know, a blip where, oh, there's an outbreak, let's deal with it. There's so much shame attached to it. People are so afraid to talk about it. People are so afraid to get treatment for it. People are afraid to tell their partners about it. And it just keeps spreading. And it's all because of the way uh, that stigma has been built up about it because of politics and because of media. Um, And we have to really work to start breaking that down if we want to deal with the issue overall.
0: And so one of the things that we always talk about on this show, I mean, we talk about this um, All the time on almost every show we talk about stigma, we talk about how to reduce it. And so one of the main things you can do is share accurate information, right? You can talk about it with your friends, with your partners. And and I would really recommend, I mean, I think that social media advocacy does have a place in this, right? So like when you're sharing information that is put out by reputable sources, whether it's us or you know, the CDC or other, um, health sources that you might follow or sexual health sources, it is important to share those. It is important to like keep sharing accurate information so that people understand what monkeypox really is, how it's transmitted, how, you know, everybody can be at risk. Everybody is at risk if they come into contact with someone who has monkeypox, right? So it is, um, It is important to be able to have those conversations openly and honestly also. And the more you bring up conversations like that, the easier it gets for you and then the easier it gets for other people to also share that information more broadly
1: the conversations don't have to be hard or difficult, right? The conversations are just factual, like evidence based. There are some behaviors that put you more at risk. And if you engage in those behaviors, you have to be more vigilant. But monkeypox is also spread through a lot of other ways. So you should just be careful and thoughtful uh, overall. So, destigmatizing it is really important. And Spring and I are starting this today, and it's going to be on our social media this week. So, be sure to check out our post. It's all going to be evidence based uh, destigmatizing information about it. Um, But I think the other thing that we should talk about before the show is over is what can we do to protect ourselves from monkeypox? Um, And this depends a lot on your context and who you are. Right before the episode, Spring and I were talking about, like, oh my gosh, we both want to protect ourselves from monkeypox. What can we do? and because I'm a gay man, I am able to get a vaccine. Um, so there's a vaccine that's available, it's really effective and essentially zero risk if you go get it. Um, and there are appointments and I can go get it. And Spring looked, in Spring, because she's assigned female at birth, she's a woman, she's not able to get it because women are not considered high risk. And it doesn't take into account what's going on um, with that woman, what she's doing, what behavior she's engaging with, who she's having sex with, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, So like vaccination is obviously the best way that you can protect yourself. And if you live in a city in the United States and in Western Europe, um, in Australia and in parts of Southeast Asia, those vaccines are now available and you have to go get them. There's two of them. Um, But there are some other things that you can do to protect yourself if you're not willing to get the vaccine, if it's not available or you don't know where to get it.
0: Or if you're just not allowed to get it, right?
1: Or if you're not allowed to get it, right? Um.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I understand that um, they are trying to prioritize, you know, certain populations getting the vaccine and, um, you know, as somebody who is sexually active and meeting new partners, I would also like to be able to get the vaccine. And so since I can't do that at this point, um, the things that I would need to do are to um, just avoid skin to skin contact. If I see somebody that has some type of rash, right? So I would want to scan people's skin, see if they have anything that looks like a rash. And that's one way that I can try to protect myself. Um, If somebody, um, looks like they have a rash and I see them touching things also avoid coming into contact with anything that that person has used. Um, and I mean, this is also really difficult because you can't see the rash always, right? So like if somebody has monkeypox on their genitals or just under their clothes and I can't see that area, then, um, it's hard for me to know, you know, whether, I should just not be touching that doorknob after whoever um, has walked through it. So the next thing that you can do is, you know, try to um, wash your hands often, bring the um, hand sanitizer with you and make sure that you're using that regularly if you're taking public transport or if you're on um, other places where you are going to come into contact with people and come into contact with places and things that other people are touching, right? So it's just kind of um, practicing like being aware and then also using your um, good hygiene skills of washing and sanitizing often to try to protect yourself.
1: And then there's some things that you can do, right? If you're sexually active, if you're using sex apps, if you're going to sex parties, if you're going to different kinds of areas where you're going to be in contact with a lot of people, right? This might be a time where you... Take a break from that for a little while. You use a little bit more discretion. You ask a lot of questions about what's going on. Um, you ask for health screenings for what's going on. You ask to make sure that the people around you might also be vaccinated. Um, so it's that whole sexual discernment where, you know, often when we're a little bit horny, our lizard brain is like, hey, <laughs> let's do it. Um, it's time for you to put a small pause in it, just for a little while, right? Until you can get that vaccine or until the like until you can really vet the people that you're engaging in close contact with just for a little while, like holding back, asking some additional questions um, to keep yourself safe. Right. It's not a forever issue. um, But in the short term, it's about discernment saying, like, is this a situation where I feel sexually safe? And if you don't feel sexually safe, like if you're going into a situation where you think like, oh, someone here or i might be putting myself at risk then you have to make the choice to reduce that risk right and unfortunately with monkeypox we can't tell you to put on a condom right because it is spread uh it can be spread through skin to skin or from sheets or from towels or from any of those other objects around you um so it's really you taking a step back reflecting on where you are in your life and saying you know I am going to protect myself, I'm going to make sure that I am safe and the people around me are safe, and I'm going to do it by engaging in slightly different sexual selection behavior. Spring and I aren't saying, like, don't have sex, don't go out, don't have fun. We're saying, be thoughtful, right? Like, really question what's going on, and if, you know, even if you catch, like, a whiff of, like, oh, this doesn't feel safe for me right now, then really use that intuition rely on it and say like, all right, well, this is maybe a time where I'm going to engage in a different kind of safer behavior, maybe not in that context. Um, But like Spring said, there's washing your hands, there's wearing face masks on public transportation, there's sanitizing, and there's sexual partner selection. Like those are the ways that you can really protect yourself until you get that vaccine.
0: And so, you know, What Andrew's also kind of saying when he's saying this like, you know, selection is like, do I need to have a random hookup right now? where I actually don't really know the person or can I wait for that? Right. (laughs) Can I, um, have a hookup with somebody I already know and I've been talking to and I trust them and I can talk to them about where they've been and their risk behaviors and make sure that I feel a little more comfortable with that. Right. So you are just starting to say like, okay, um, is this a right now behavior or is this maybe a later behavior?
1: Yeah, and I love the way that you frame it. Like, is this like a random hookup that I need right now tonight? Am I at a club? Am I going to go home with a random person? Is this someone that I just met and I don't know anything about? Or, you know, do you have good old faithful where you can have a fun time and you have the security of knowing that they're going to be honest with you? Yeah. All right. Anything else that we say about monkeypox? I I have one more thing that I want to say. I don't know. Spring after, but here we go.
0: <laughs> monkeypox,
1: you can protect yourself. Overall, though, it, it is an infectious disease that. Can leave permanent scars and it does have a very small fatality rate, like a fatality rate where you could die from it. But overwhelmingly, the scariness and the stigma was created by the media. Um, If you get care, if you get a vaccine, if you go to the doctor, overwhelmingly, you're going to be just fine. So if you have it right now, you can still go to the doctor. We have really great treatments for people once they've been infected. And if you haven't been infected, if you're not interested in getting monkeypox, we have a really great vaccine that's currently available to people who are considered high risk, but very quickly is going to be made to available to anybody who's out there having hookups with people they don't know. Yeah. All right. Spring, Anything? any final monkeypox words?
0: Monkeypox is just something we need to talk about more. And the more we talk about it, I promise it's really going to help us all. So <laughs> just like everything else, have a conversation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, spring, I've loved talking about monkeypox with you today. And listeners, if you have any questions or follow-up questions about monkeypox or any other sexual health topic we'd love to hear from you, you can email us. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. You can call us at 413-I-WRAP-IT. That's wrap with a W. And you should definitely check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening. Bye.